Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. And I'm David Finch. We're glad to be back with you for another study. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. We're gonna, we got a good study for you tonight, but if there's any questions, um, please send us an email. Uh, send us a message. Uh, if you like something you want to study, you know, send us a note. Um, there's many ways to do it. You can do it on Facebook. You can send us an email. The email's in the link here. Uh, but if you're in the area, in the Blackfoot area, we'd love to have you come worship with us. 370 North Schilling, Blackfoot, Idaho. 10 o'clock for classes, 11 a.m. for worship on Sunday. We'd love to see you. We also have a Bible study at 7.30 on Wednesdays here in a few few minutes. Yep. Uh, we'd love to see you. Come say hi uh, if you're in the area or if you're going to be traveling through. Uh, maybe to Yellowstone this summer or something. Uh, we're on the way. So look us up. Uh, we'd love to have you. So, uh, and I know, Dave, you're always available to answer any questions that's right you know i try to make myself available yeah so um we'd, we'd love if you have any questions about uh god's word or uh anything we'd you're love doing to with, study with you yeah i'd love to study with you um just uh just uh um let us know um we'd love we'd love to talk to you um so we're going to be talking about heart problems tonight so i'll go ahead and let David, you go ahead and get us started here. <laughs> All right. So this subject has um, – I've been kind of stewing on this subject for like a year, right? And it was funny because we went to New York, and we just got back, but I had a lesson already planned out and, and ready to go. Friday night I went to bed, and I'm, I'm sleeping on the couch. So, you know, I'm tossing and turning. And uh, – this passage just hit me. And so at like 2 o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning, here I am, you know, jotting down notes and, and trying to <laughs> trying to get everything together because, you know, if you don't write it down, you're going to forget it, you know. That's what happens to preachers sometimes. So um, then sure enough, Saturday I put another lesson together and... and I ended up preaching that down there in New York, or I guess it would be up there in New York, uh, <laughs> from where we are, if you want to get technical here. Yeah. But anyway, the passage that that kind of fell into place for me was Matthew 22, 37 through 40. If you would, turn over there with me. If you guys are listening in, please, if you have your Bible, turn over there. Chad, did you want to read that? Yeah, sure. So... Everyone turned there except me, David. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. 22. We're going to be 37 through 40. So it says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Okay, so... This passage is telling us that we need to love the Lord with every fiber of our being, mm -hmm. right? With all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. Every fiber of your being. And then notice how he says the second is like it. 
you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you love the Lord, you're going to love your neighbor as well. But then let's focus down on verse 40, actually. As we, we recognize that we need to love the Lord with every fiber of our being, it says, on these two commandments, in verse 40, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so, this is gonna. This was the, more of the focus. Verse forty was more of the focus of the lesson. You know, everything throughout Scripture is telling us how to love the Lord. You know, and if you don't have it right, you know. So throughout Scriptures, it, it's not necessarily a list of do's and don'ts, but rather pointing out heart problems to us. This is something that the scribes and Pharisees struggled with too. If you if you're still listening in, turn over one chapter to Matthew 23 and verse 23. Now, through chapter 23 of Matthew, you see Christ lacing into the scribes and Pharisees over and over again calling them hypocrites. But in Matthew 23 verse 23, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anus and cumin and have neglected the of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So here he is saying, you know, they're, they're paying of mint and anus and cumin, but they're they're neglecting the weightier matters because the weightier matters have to really deal with the heart, showing justice to people, showing mercy, and, and showing faith. Those are the weightier matters. Well, and they're also they're um, they're doing what's what people see, so they're doing it for show. Like you that's know, right. They, the mint and anus. I'm not sure exactly what all that meant, but people evidently could see it, and they so they're just doing what makes them look good, you know. That's right. Instead of doing it's what, all the, what outwardly stuff. Outwardly stuff, not the inward stuff. So that's right. So kind of like their heart is not there, you know. That's right. And and notice how he he doesn't say just do pay tithe yeah. or just show justice mercy and faith he's saying you need to do all of it you know and and really that goes back to Matthew 28 um verse 20 teaching them to observe all things that i have commanded you but you know the the hard part is showing someone just or showing someone justice you know there's a lot of times if somebody wrongs you you don't want to be just about it. You want revenge. Yeah. Or, you know, you don't want to show them mercy when perhaps they need to be shown mercy. Mm-hmm. And so what the scribes and Pharisees, their problem was, is that a heart problem. They, they didn't show justice, mercy, and faith. Yeah. And, and, and they, they were just worried about the look, like what they looked like. That's right. And, and, Christ laces into them again about, you know, having these long, drawn-out prayers. You know, um, if you look into 
Jewish traditions and everything, they would they would pray for like three hours mm-hmm. and three different times a day, you know. And so if, if you were walking by someone and you seen them praying that diligently, it would look as if they were very righteous. But that's all they were doing is they were doing it for the outward showing. It, it had nothing to do with with the inward man. And that's what that's what God desires of us. And this is the kind of thing that we see going throughout Scripture. It's not a list of do's and don'ts, but rather symptoms of heart problems. So, for example, turn over with me to 1 Corinthians 6. We're going to read 9 through 11, but we're going to stop after 9 and 10 for a moment. So, starting in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 6, I'll go ahead and read this. Mm -hmm. Here... Paul is writing, and he says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So notice here how everything on this list, if you're if you're at home reading this list, it's all about self-centeredness. All of these these things that will not inherit the kingdom of God mm-hmm. is self-serving. Yeah. That points to a heart problem. You don't love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You still have it inward. You still you're self-centered, and that's why they will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's a heart problem. So these are symptoms of the heart problem. Yeah. Because then when you continue in verse eleven, notice what Paul continues to say. He says, and such were some of you. Now, he is talking to the church at Corinth. He says, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So Paul is saying you have been cleansed of all your unrighteous ways, all because of what Christ has done for you. Now, you have been justified, you've been sanctified, you've been washed, and now you are in the body of Christ, so serve Christ. That is what you are called to do now. Mm-hmm. You know, you are a part of the body of Christ. Now, what what body is there where the head does not control the body? Mm-hmm. It would be utter chaos if the body it, it didn't listen to the brain, right? Well, Christ is the head. He's the brain, and we do what Christ says. One of the things that I thought of as we were going through this, and I wrote it down, and I'm trying to find, figure out why I wrote it down. <laughs> but um, it's it's kind of one of those things where we go back to look at what Christ did. Um, so we could be any number of these things: fornicators, idolaters, that's right, adulterers, homosexuals, or sodomites. Thieves, covetous, or drunkards. We could be any number of these things, or all of them. Yeah. But yet, we. But but Christ came to save those us from these things. Yeah. If we're willing to turn from it, and and um, you know, change. We can change our lives. Any any one of these people that he calls out that says you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, that's what Christ came for. Now. Christ gave himself, he was the ultimate sacrifice for these, to, 
be, to save us from these sins. He's going to bear these sins. So yeah. he, so Christ did that, which is the greatest thing ever. The greatest gift ever. Greatest gift ever. Yes. The least we can do is hold up our end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wrote down. Hold up our end of the bargain. Yeah, that's a very good point. The least we can do is what? Is follow him. Yeah. Okay? And, and, and we're going to gain forgiveness of all these things if we follow him. Yeah. All we have to do is hold up. Our, he held up his end. He made a bargain. Okay? Yeah. He came. He lived perfectly. He uh, fulfilled, what did we say, 300 prophecies. <laughs> yeah. And Something it, prophecies. It depends on who you talk to. There's anywhere from 300 to like the highest I've seen was like 456 prophecies. Yeah. And, and he even knew um, because when... Uh, when um, who who betrayed him? Sorry, I can't think. I'm Judas. Running. Okay, when Judas betrayed him, yeah, he even rebuked the uh, the Jews, saying, "I was in the synagogue. Why didn't you arrest me there?" Yeah, and then he says, "Because it was written that it had to be this way." Yeah, it had to be fulfilled. And so you know, all those prophecies were fulfilled, and it happened exactly that he was would be betrayed by a friend. You know, that's right. And and uh, and so, the thing is, Jesus lived that and held up his end of the bargain. He yeah. knew he had to come. He knew he had to live a certain way. He knew he had to fulfill all these prophecies. Yeah, that they all had to be fulfilled the right way. <laughs> and notice, notice what Christ says when he's on the cross in John nineteen twenty eight through thirty. And I'm really glad you brought this out, Chad. Yeah, you know, Christ, he had to do something that was impossible for anyone else to do well and that's that's the biggest part here that's right because he's the only one who could do it he was the only perfect yeah no one else could do this no one else could bear the cross like him yeah and and he did and so he so there was a bargain made right between man and god this was the bargain christ held up his end the least we can do is hold up our end that's right and and so in john 19 28 through 30 So, as Jesus is sitting there hanging on the cross, says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. So here we see Christ finished yeah. his work. Yeah, it is finished. He, he accomplished his work. Yeah, he held up his end of the bargain. He fulfilled it. And, you know, but for Christ to even get to this point, mm-hmm. he had to live on this earth perfectly. And so everything about Christ. We cannot thank him enough because, one, he is our perfect example. And he was willing to walk among us, not as a king, but humbled himself to a servant position, the lowly position to walk among us. Because there's a lot of things that a poor man will go through that a rich man will never go through. You know, a rich man will never know what it's like to have, to perhaps not have a meal, you know. And and something here in America, that's something that we don't really face either. Well, I can't remember the last time where I I really couldn't 
couldn't put food on the table. Yeah, exactly. You know, I have had to make decisions where, okay, I can't pay this bill because I have to eat, you mm. know, and I, I got to mm. feed the family. Yeah. I have had to make those decisions, and that's not fun either. But Christ lived the hardest life you could on this earth, and he, he lived it perfectly, never sinning, never... You know, and I always think of like Matthew four and Luke four, when he was tempted by Satan mm. after fasting for forty days. You know, if you were ever weak enough, it's going to be right there. Yeah. To to accept food, you mm. know, and, and accept all the kingdoms and everything that they offer. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what Satan offered him, and you know what? He, he turned it, it down. And you know, just adding to this makes me think so. You know where he, this is a good verse. I'm glad you brought it up because it is finished. He he done he done what he came to do, but Jesus had done what he had agreed to do. You know how he always said, "I'm about my Father's work." Okay. Yeah. Like when he was 12 years old. Yeah. He's about my Father's work. I've, I'm doing what I came to do, and he did that his whole life. Yep. You know, and he held up, and that's that's why I I don't know why I wrote this down. Maybe we're gonna get to another verse, but. Uh, that made me remind me of this, but he held up his end of the bargain 100%. That's right. And we, the least we can do, we don't, it's not that hard. You know, we, we, I mean, it is hard. I mean, we have to work to, you know, try to stay out of the world. You yeah. Know? But, uh, but, but, you know, that we, we have to, all we have left is our end of the deal. But, you know, what we do find comfort in, though, through Christ is we know that we can see our way through it. Yeah. We know that we can see th see our way through it because that's what Christ did. Mm -hmm. He didn't sin. So we have that example that, you know, there's some times where we feel like we don't have a choice. You know, um, I don't have anything off the top of my head. But let's say, for example... Um, you know, we're, we're taking our, our kid to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't have insurance. Yeah. Maybe we, we can try to lie and, and say, you know, try to get insurance through another way. We don't have a choice. We have to because we'll never be able to pay it. You know what? Suck it up. God <laughs> And God will provide, you know that's what I mean? Right. A and, lot and of that's, times there's... that's putting trust and, and love in the Lord, you know? Yeah. And so, but what we see... Like in passages in 1 Corinthians 6, we see symptoms of heart problems. Because mm. all of these things on this list is pointing out things that we want. You know, drunkenness. Yep. Like to go to parties and, and drink and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's something that's fun. Mm -hmm. I want to do that. Well, giving that up for the Lord. If you're still doing that kind of thing, then you don't love the Lord wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And that's what... That's what is called for, but that's what he deserves. Well, and uh, we have to give things up sometimes, that's right. you know, for the Lord. Um, we have to make decisions, you know. Yeah. I know uh, it was years ago, but I remember Brother Connie Adams, he was asking what I was going to do on one of his trips here. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to South Carolina. I got a welding job there. You know, that I'm, I'm hoping to go to, to go work on. He's like, when you get to South Carolina, find a church. The first thing you do is find a church. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times we have to make those decisions uh, when we do get transferred or have to go somewhere for work. Yeah. The first thing you need to be looking for is brethren. That's right. To, to associate with. Um, and, and, and so we have to give things up or we have to make sure that those things are in place first before we go somewhere, you know? Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're always thinking about those things. We're going to get into this at the end of the lesson, oh, okay. actually, but we may not get there, so I'm glad you brought it out. <laughs> but, you know, yes, it is a command not to forsake the assembling, but... Mm -hmm. You should want to seek the brother now. You know that's right. Because behind the command, there's love behind it. Oh, there's a, because you you grow closer to the Lord by being together. There's there's a handful of things reasons why. Yeah, yeah. And and Christ refers to us as sheep, and He's the shepherd, right? Yeah. That's the perfect analogy for me. Mm. Sheep are not designed to be alone. Mm -hmm. If they're alone, that means death. You know. Mm -hmm. Well, for us. If we're trying to go at it alone, that's spiritual death. Mm -hmm. We're going to fall to Satan. We're going to fall to the world. And so so joining yourself with the brethren, that's that's rejuvenating yourself, and that's 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 encouraging yourself in the Lord and, and maintaining your faithfulness to God. So there, there's the purpose behind the command. I think this next verse is going to go with what we're saying. Romans 12. Yeah. And and so, a lot of times, um, you know, it when we are baptized into the Lord, it is no longer about us. And this is where Romans twelve comes in because it's it's not about us anymore. Yeah, it's about Christ and 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 serving Him His way. And it's the least we can do. That's right. Because cause looking at what he went through. It's a reasonable service. Yeah. Yeah. Can I read this? Yes, please. Romans okay, 12, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Is it 1 and you can, I'm going to read 2. You can do 1 and 2 because that's good Okay, so I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may... Prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yeah, that's all we gotta do. That's yeah. right. And you know, <laughs> it's not all, but it's that's this is what we gotta do. This is what we have to yeah. do. And and when we go and talk to others, you know, and and this is where the lesson was kind of tailored towards too. But when we go and talk to others, let's say for example, I'm I'm sitting down and I'm studying with somebody, and I see that they're they're partaking in drinking. You know, say we sit down to to have a study, and he, he opens a beer. <laughs> you know, maybe he doesn't know any better. Yeah, right. You know, and maybe all I want to do is just take him to 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and point out how he's a drunkard and you need to stop. Yeah, explain more clearly, right? <laughs> well, That's what we say. Yeah, but, but see, if I just attack the symptom of the heart problem, because that's a symptom of the heart problem. Yeah. He doesn't love the Lord enough. Mm -hmm. And if I'm sitting here just throwing Scripture at the symptom, rather than trying to get to the, the problem, which is trying to get his heart right with the Lord, because that's what, that's what we're called to do. We're trying to bring people to the Lord, yeah. and that's bringing their heart to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, Chad... I'm a drunkard, right? And you come over to study with me, and I'm sitting here drinking because 
maybe I, d- I don't love the Lord, mm-hmm. right? You start throwing scripture at me about how, you know, I'm a drunkard and I can't do that, and I'm Romans 12, 1, you need to be a living sacrifice. You need to tell me why I need to change my life for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Why is Christ worthy of me giving up what I want? Mm-hmm. You know, let's attack the problem rather than the symptom. Mm-hmm. And so these... These are a list of symptoms of heart problems, you know. And so trying to get to the the root of the problem. Like, for example, now growing up, I've broken quite a few bones in my life. Mm-hmm. And so let's say I break my arm. And if nobody has ever broken their arm, here's what happens, okay? <laughs> you go into the hospital. Dave, you sound like an expert. A little bit. It's, it's happened a few <laughs> times. <laughs> I grew up in a small town. There's nothing else to do but get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. But here's what they did. They they take you in the back, and they have to pop the bone back in place, you know? And so they have to set it, put, set it back in place, and then they put a cast on your arm mm-hmm. for like three to six weeks. I can't quite remember. Um, but nowhere in there do they give you pain medication. Mm-hmm. So while they're setting the bone that is already broken, you just have to sit there and deal with the pain. <laughs> so mm-hmm. pain medication is not in the cards at all. So if you break your arm and hope for pain medication, you're not going to get it. But let's say, for example, I break my arm and I go to the doctors and all they do is give me pain medication and send me on my way. They don't set the bone back in place. They don't put a cast on it. Are they even helping me? Mm-hmm. They're not, right? Like, I still have a broken arm. Like, yes, the pain is a symptom of the problem. But if you don't attack the problem and help the actual problem... You're never going to actually help. And so when we go and study with others, try to get to the the source of the problem rather than attacking the symptom, the symptom of the heart problem. Mm-hmm. You know, get to the heart. Attack the heart rather than the the symptoms, you know, because really when, when you look at that list, it's all about self. Pleasing self rather than pleasing God. Like, mm-hmm. let's say, for example, I'm willing to give up fornication. I'm willing to give up cheating on my wife, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I, I'll give up all that, but I won't give up my beer. <laughs> well, I still have a heart problem, don't I? Yeah. You know, and and throwing the scripture at me is not going to change me. You know, let's attack the the problem. Let's go back to why. Christ is deserving of all of our love. When we look at 1 John 4, 19, let's turn over there real fast, because notice how here he says we love him because he first loved us. We don't love him simply because God asked for it. Yeah. We love him because he we recognize his love for us. When you look at what Christ did, and you study it, you know, and Chad, we've talked about this before. When you look at Psalm 53, Isaiah, or, um, <laughs> Isaiah 53, Psalm 22, yeah, these prophecies of Christ and how he's going to suffer, when you recognize that Christ knew this pain that he was about to endure, he knew he was going to get spit on, spit in the face. Yeah. Man, I'm going to tell you something. That is the most humiliating thing that you could ever do. Mm-hmm. And it was open and public <laughs> that this he went through this for you because mm-hmm. you failed. And, and 
I'm not just calling out everyone else. We all failed. <laughs> you know, well, we all failed him. Yeah, and and I, I think we we have plenty of examples, and we just studied. Um, you know, when you talk about zeal, you know, we just studied the zeal of Paul. Yeah, okay. So, uh, you know, what you're what you're describing is, you know, someone who doesn't bring their whole self to God. Okay? That's right. So we want we'll take a few things, but we're not all in. Yeah. Okay? We're not all in on this whole being a Christian thing. And so when you look at Paul, you know, when he was converted, he changed 180 degrees. He he was That's all right. in. He didn't didn't bring any of his past life with him. He didn't. Now here's a guy who was persecuting Christians, and when God asked for them to go meet with him to baptize him or to convert him, yeah. nobody wanted to do it. <laughs> and because like, he had a reputation <laughs> of right. killing Christians, yeah, of putting them in jail or whatever, you know. Yeah. And and so uh, he that's how far off he was. <laughs> he didn't bring any of that with him. Okay, nope. when he converted to Christ. He was all in, 110%, you might say. Okay? That's right. And that's what we're talking about. We need to be like Paul. We need to, you know, if we if we come to Jesus, you can't just come half of you or, you know, three quarters of you. It's all in. It's yeah. all or nothing. That's why, you know, and we've talked about this previously too, Chad, where people come to church with hands open. Like, what can I get out yeah. of it? You know, like... Chad, you and I both, have, I'm sure, have heard people say, I go here because yeah. they have these things for my children. Yeah. Or, or they. The coffee's great. The coffee's great. The, the donut's great. Yeah, you donuts. Know? We have donuts every Sunday. It's yeah. Great. And it's like, so you're going there because of you. Yeah. Has nothing to do with serving well, the Lord. And even when he fed the 5,000, after that was all over, what did they want? They wanted food. They still wanted food. Yeah. And they they weren't concerned about the message that he had. That's right. They just wanted, hey, hey, this is kind of a good deal. What can I? What else can I get out of it? Yeah. You know. And so, religion is treated that way today. It really is. I mean, you know. And now there's there's this notion going across the denominational world that we we can all kind of believe what we want. And, you know, we're all going to end up in the same place anyway. Mm-hmm. We're all going to go to heaven because we, we believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. Where is that found yeah. in the Bible? What does God say about that? What does God say about that? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I don't want anyone to think, you know, <laughs> you know, we're, we're bashing on other religions here. because, But, but what does God say? You, you always got to be looking at that. Uh, I guarantee you these, these places that have all those perks... Okay. Yeah. The uh, the social um, activities, all those things. There's probably fifty percent who only go along with that religion for that reason. Yeah. You know they don't. If you really got into a Bible study with them, there there would be some dis. You know they don't go. They're not all in. Okay. Yeah. They're only in for the social, and we have to be careful that we're not doing that as well. You know, well, we, and we, even we gotta be all in, one hundred percent. You said the fit about fifty percent, and maybe more, maybe less. We're not, we're not. I'm just throwing numbers. Yeah, we're out just there. throwing numbers out there. But even the other fifty percent, that's even is going there because of the zeal mm-hmm. that they have for the Lord. Yeah. Let's say they're all in on the Lord, mm-hmm. but 
they're they're not doing things according to the scripture. Mm-hmm. That's just as bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you are worshiping God in vain. Romans 10, 1 through 4, really drives that point home. And what I love is, is Paul is the one that wrote Romans. And if anyone knows what it's like to have zeal for God, but just misguided zeal, is Paul. Because even while he was persecuting the Christians... He did it for the zeal that he had for God. He was always all in for God. You know, he was always all in. And that's something that we need to know about Paul and, and who was Saul of, known as Saul of Tarsus before he came to the Lord. He was all in for the Lord always. Yeah. And so if anyone knows what it's like to have misguided zeal for the Lord, is Paul. Well, and, and what's the reason he did? Um, God came to him on earth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you imagine? If you guys don't know the story, go read it. It's Acts 8 or something like that. Acts 8. Actually, Acts uh, 9. Okay, Acts 9. Sorry, yeah. I was close. Hey, look at that. I almost I know. It. You were there, man. Okay. So, uh, I'm patting myself on the back right now, guys. Sorry. <laughs> but, but, but uh, Acts, so go read it because... Imagine if you're going to persecute Christians because you know that's the right thing to do. Okay? Yep. You're all in. I got to get rid of these Christians. They're bad. They're, they're destroying the Jewish uh, religion. Here's a good thing to point out. He believed he was doing the Lord's right. work. He did. He thought that. This is exactly. And, and, and a lot of folks today are just as genuine. That's right. Okay? Uh, but, but Paul... You know, or it was Saul then. Okay, his name got changed. Uh, but Saul, you know, God came to him to the point where he's blinded. Yep. Imagine experiencing that. Why was he so gung ho? Because of that. Because he's seen the power of God. Yep. And he's seen that he was doing it wrong. Yeah. And he's seen that. Uh, hey, man, I can't go against against this guy. Yeah. This is God. Well, and he always, you know, his, like you were spot on, he always had that deep love for God. Yeah. He would never, ever purposely do something to offend God. Yeah. He loved the Lord with a lot of zeal. And I I know we're getting off off subject here a little, but 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 this, this kind of details out the hearts of people, okay? That's right. Why should we be all in and have... And try to have no heart problems. Because these guys seen it. They seen the power of God. And I'm reminded of the first, was it the first or second lesson that Brother Heath brought us? About Mm. Joshua. I think that was the first one. Okay, the first one. That Wednesday night, yeah. Okay, guys, so so hear this. So Joshua, and I can't think of the verse it is, but where he says... 24-15. Okay, 24-15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, why was he so adamant about that? Yeah. Why was he so adamant about serving the Lord? Well, I don't know, because he's seen all the miracles that God presented yeah. to him. He was clear back in, in Egypt with them. He's seen all the, 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 the 12 plagues. He's, yep. seen, he's seen God deliver them out of the, uh, the, the, Red, the sea. Red Sea, away from the, Israel, or from the uh, Egyptians. Egyptians. Yep. They were rescued from that. He's seen them get them all the way through the, uh, the, the uh, wilderness. He into fed the him. promised land. Yeah, he fed them. He, you know, God fed them day and night. They had manna and, and quail. Yep. 
Um, oh man, you just start going through all the things that he's seen. He's seen the power of God. Yeah. Can we put our faith in hit in the same spot as as him? Yeah, and he is he is what we would call an eyewitness testimony. Yeah. Of why the power did, of God. Why was he so adamant that they would serve the Lord? Because he's seen the power of God. Yeah. Paul's the same way. Saul. Yep. When he's seen well, on the road to Damascus. Yeah. When he's seen the power of God, he's like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. Yep. Okay. Okay. Guess what? I'm all in. What do you need me to do? But notice, another thing to point out, too, is Paul didn't, well, this is what I believe, though, God, so I'm going to continue to do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. As soon as he found out he was wrong, he turned. Yeah. He repented of it and turned towards God. And and so, going bringing it all back, we can't just pick and choose and go, all right, I'll be a Christian, but I'm not giving this up. Yeah. Or this. Maybe that. You know? I still want to go fishing Sunday morning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I still, you know, I'm still going to go fishing on Sundays. So I don't know how you're going to deal with that, but I'll be a Christian. <laughs> yeah. No. Like you're bargaining yeah. with God. No, we can't bargain. Guess what? The bargain's already been made. Mm-hmm. This brings it all the way back. That's right. Okay. So the bargain's already been made. The rules are set. Yeah. They're wrote down right here for us in the Bible. We can't bring it back. We can't negotiate. The negotiations are over. Christ already did that for us. That's right. What we're called to do is serve the Lord wholeheartedly. Yeah. With all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought out, you know, I'll be a Christian, but I'm still going fishing, or I'm still going right. to do so I don't know how you with this, but I'm still doing this. You know, well, that doesn't work that yeah. way. And so when we are baptized into Christ, we are now... A brother in Christ. Yeah. You know, you and I, Chad, are, are brethren yeah. in Christ. And so, when we're dealing with brethren, mm-hmm. you know, let's say I'm that I'm that brother that still wants to go fishing Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, are you going to throw scripture at, at the symptom of the heart <laughs> problem or throw scripture at the actual problem? Well, throw scripture at, at the heart to try to bring them back. Yeah, and it takes... It takes... Uh, Examples like Paul mm-hmm. and and uh, Joshua, you know, to realize, well, these guys didn't have a problem. You know, they, they changed, you know, they, they turned things around. Yeah. If they can do it, I can do it. Um, another great one's uh, Naaman. Yeah. You know, dipping seven times <laughs> yep. in the river. And we, I'm sorry, y'all. We I bring this up all the time. But it's a great example because... He had to do it exactly how God said to be cured of his leprosy. Yeah. If he if he did one thing out, if he left one thing out, it wouldn't have worked. Yep. You know, if, if he changed rivers, it wouldn't have worked. If, if he dipped he, only six times rather than seven. It wouldn't It didn't right. happen until the seventh one. It didn't happen until God, they did it exactly the way God said. In the dirty Jordan River. In the dirty Jordan River. <laughs> Even though it was against his vision of how he thought it was going to be. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a good point too because he had this 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 vision that you know he, he's going to come out and do this grand yeah chanting over him of some sort you know and and like he's going to wave his hands around yeah. me and you know like like perhaps what we would see on TV when somebody is sure. trying to heal you know they're throwing their hands up and yeah 
yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. they do there. But that's what he was expecting. Yeah, he was expecting a big fanfare, and and it didn't happen. And we all have, we all get those preconceived ideas in our minds, you know, uh, at times. And and so, you know, that's going to happen. But guess what? We have to do it exactly the way God said yep. every time, or. It's not being a Christian. You know, and we, it's, we talk it's doing about this, it in vain. Yeah, we talk about this all the time because, yeah, you don't want to be doing it in vain. Yeah. You know, and, and man, I, sometimes I sound like, I, I feel like I'm a broken record, you know, saying these things all the time. <laughs> I do too. But, but, but it, this is what you have to do. So making sure you have a good heart. That's right. It's key. And guess what? You know, and we, we brought this up uh, earlier. We, we're not going to... Um, you know, some of this stuff, no one's going to see. Yeah. It's all up to us. That's right. And we, we should not be doing this for show, you know. Yep. Um, Ananias, is it Ananias and Sapphire could tell you what, what happens? Oh, man, yeah. Acts 5. Yeah. Yeah. When when you do it for show. Yep. Yeah, they tried to... They sold a piece of land and they, they kept a portion for themselves, but for show's sake, they tried to say that they gave all. Yeah. So this is not a show thing. This is this is for us. They weren't alive long enough to even enjoy that money that they held back. No. That's right. No. And and that wasn't the sin to hold it back. No. It was theirs. They could they have done right it, to. But they made people think that they gave all for show. And they lied to the spirit. That's right. Yeah. They lied. And, and so, you know... The heart is inside. That's my point. Yeah. It's in inside of us. It's the inner man. No one's going to see it. Like, some of this effort is going to be, you're, you may think it's for all for lost, you know, because I'm not getting patted on the back or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you definitely shouldn't be seeking. <laughs> no. Don't seek that. It's Because no. it's not about you. No, this is a deal between you and God. That's right. you got to get your heart right. Yep. You know, and and we talk about this uh, when we're partaking of the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, there's there's effort for us to do it the right way, and it's only up to us. Okay? Yeah, we have to get our hearts right. You know, in the Lord's when we when we partake of the Lord's Supper to meditate on those. You know, on Christ. Yeah, you and know? you know, in First Corinthians eleven, mm-hmm. as as you're bringing out, Chad, the the Lord's Supper. Starting in 27, and then I'm just going to continue reading in 1 Corinthians 11. Okay. Starting in verse 27, he says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthily manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Mm-hmm. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. So here, you know, and this is right after he talks about the institution of the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. And he's telling us why we're doing it, but then he says, if you do it in an unworthy manner. Yeah. So if you're, not, if you're not meditating on what Christ has done for you, and, and, you know, if you're not focusing on the right things, you're eating and drinking damnation to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and but that's how we need to be throughout our life yeah and and that's the when you're not serving the lord with your heart these symptoms pop out yeah because you're, you're gonna see it you know and 
and that's why we need to be around one another. Yeah. You know, so let's say, for example, Chad, and we are not to be busy in other people's matters. That's not yeah. what I'm saying. But let's say, for example, you see me coming out of a bar. Mm-hmm. You should probably come up to me and be like, what were you doing in there, brother? Yeah. You know, maybe not assume that I was in there to drink. Maybe I had Yeah. I had to make a phone call and that was the closest phone and it was an emergency or whatever. You know, whatever the case is. <laughs> Don't assume the worst in them, but approach them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why were you going out of the bar? Yeah. <laughs> you really shouldn't be in there, you know. Mm-hmm. People are gonna think that you're a drunkard, you know, or but you know, then let's say I was in there to drink, and you smell it on me, mm-hmm. and you're like, mm-hmm. well, you have what's a heart problem, on? brother. Yeah, what's going you know, on here? And that's what we are to do for one another, you know, and and to draw them back to the Lord. And mm-hmm. and this is what it's about, because, you know, that, that would be getting into, like, the disciplinary type things, you know, but doing that even with, with the right heart, wanting to bring them back to the Lord. It's not about... You know, getting, you know, mark him as a brother walking in there. It's it's about trying to bring them back to the Lord. Notice in Hebrews five. Here, can I read one? Yeah, first. Go for it. First, the did we read First John four nineteen? Uh, yeah, we, we did? love him because he first oh, loved okay. us. So I was just gonna say, why why do we want to bring people back? That's right. Because he he first loved us. We love him because he first loved yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, you know that's why it's so important. Why do we do this? Why do we try to help? Because he loves us. He wants us. Yeah. He, he wants us to be in heaven with him. We love him because of what he has done for us. Yeah. So which one? Hebrews five. Hebrews five. So the Hebrew writer is writing to the the brethren in Hebrews, and he is bringing out these heart symptoms. Right. In verse eleven of Hebrews five, he says, "Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain." since you have become dull of hearing. So here's what happens when you have a heart problem. This is a symptom of a heart problem. You become dull of hearing. And this is why you really shouldn't just throw scripture at the symptom, right? Because a lot of times they already know that they're, they're doing wrong. So telling them that they're doing wrong, all you're going to do is push them away, you know? I like the, the, the next part of that. In yeah. Hebrews, because he's he's dealing with people that ought to be teachers, but they're not. Yeah, and so the the natural course of things, when we have our whole heart serving the Lord, we study His Word and we we meditate upon it because we love Him and we want to serve Him adequately. We want to be the best we can be for Him. Mm-hmm. And so, a part of becoming dull of hearing is another heart symptom. Mm-hmm. Continuing on 12 through 14. Did you want to read that, Chad? Oh, sure. Yeah, so so he says, uh, for, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid foods. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of us have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the natural course of things when you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is you you meditate upon his word because you want to please him, right? And naturally what comes from that is then 
you are able to teach others and bring others closer to the Lord because that's what we do for one another. Yeah. You know, that's the natural course of things. So here, because they've become dull of hearing, they don't want to hear it anymore because they have a heart problem, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is a symptom. And, and another symptom from this heart problem is they're not growing. Well, and because this is a podcast and we can just go off on all kinds of rabbit trails, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Go for it. But this reminds me of the talents, parable of talents. We've talked about this before. Yeah. We don't want to be the one talent person. Okay. We want we want to grow. We want yeah. to prosper. We want to gain. And these guys, stay, they were scared. They just kind of buried their heads and didn't learn anymore about God's That's Word. Right. In fact, became dull of hearing mm-hmm. and, 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 and didn't, didn't improve themselves spiritually. Yeah, and maybe your talent is only to have one talent. Right. It wasn't, the problem wasn't being just having the one talent. The problem that that servant had is he went and buried it. Yeah, he was scared. And didn't do anything didn't with do it. Didn't do anything. There was no activity there. That's right. He didn't He didn't try to better better it for his master. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to better ourselves for our master. Yeah, so, and, and there's any number of things, even if you are the one talent person, you can still use that talent. That's right. Yeah, and 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 gain from it and, and gain because... You know, and uh, like he says, you ought to be teachers. Well, yeah. guess what? Who learns the most when in a study? Oh, the teacher. The teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And absolutely. I know that there's there's like there's times where uh, I know it's been a while for me, but I was scared to death to teach a class or something. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I want to do this. Like, I want, I want, I can do this. And before long, I learned so much by teaching. Um, yep. You know, and gained and and multiplied my knowledge. You know, gained gained knowledge and things like that, just by teaching, just by trying to teach and trying to get better. Because that's how we learn. That's right. Is by doing it. And so, anyways, I just no. And that that's a really good point to bring out too. And but notice what the Hebrew writer does. Okay. In, in chapter five. So let's say, for example, you're Chad. You're um, you're not growing. Okay. Which is not true, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I see you growing a lot, but <laughs> let's say, for example, you're, the symptom of your heart problem is that you're not growing in the Lord. So okay. you're not studying. You're not doing anything like that. And I just come up to you, and I'm like, brother, you have to study. It says 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved, <laughs> okay. right? Okay. That's not going to help you. Yeah. You're just going to be like, shut up, dude. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> because, and seriously, like, maybe sometimes... Uh, we got to push each other off the cliff a little. And what I mean by that yes. is give a, give each other a nudge and say, hey, you know what? I think you'd be good at, at taking this class. That's on, right. You know? And and the, and the person might be like, really? You think? You know, like, you think I could teach a class? I don't know, man. And then encourage them. Yeah, I think you could, man. Maybe it's a young kid person class or yeah. something. Or, or, you know, something like that. Um and encourage people because it just a little nudge before long, they're teaching the class. That's right. Or 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 or, or saying a prayer or you yes. know you know things like that. Um, or or doing a, a ladies uh, Bible study. Yeah. You know the ladies get together maybe something like that. Because um, it's it's not just men it's women as well. Yep. You know or or maybe the women uh, get kind of encouraged to you know uh, help someone else out. 
there's there's tons of things like that 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 sometimes we just need a little nudge from someone else going hey i think yep. you could do this you, you know? know what's funny is that's actually how i became a preacher okay yeah patrick we mm-hmm. he we had him on here one time mm-hmm. he challenged me to head up a bible study yeah at a local grocery store mm-hmm. from that i fell in love with it yeah and then i i started wanting to become a preacher doing it full time and mm-hmm. so yeah i mean sometimes we need that nudge well, but what <clears throat> the the point i was making which apparently wasn't too good because <laughs> you bring out a very good point let's oh, no. let's attack the the heart problem yeah and that is you don't love the lord so going back to first john 419 we love him because he first loved us yeah right i need to to draw back out to you mm-hmm. how much the lord loves us mm-hmm. you know and and that's that's really what the Hebrew writer does. That's how you got to attack it is go, hey, man, you can't be doing this because look, look, look what look Jesus what did for did. us. Yeah. yeah. And and when you look at, at Hebrews 6, he, he, he brings out the promises of God, you know, and then going into chapter 7, he brings out how he is of the order of Melchizedek. And if you don't know who Melchizedek is, he was a, a king and a priest back in Abraham's day. And Abraham paid tithes to to King Melchizedek, who was also a priest, but there was no record of his beginning or end. So he had he was actually it was established before the Levitical priesthood, but also it was a foreshadowing of a never ending priesthood. Mm-hmm. Because there's no record of his beginning, no record of his death. So you know, it foreshadows the kind of priesthood that Christ is going to be a part of. Christ is of that order of Melchizedek, the priesthood of the order of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. He is never going to have an end. He is still reigning, Isaiah 52, 7, you know. And so that is who Christ is. He is of this forever priesthood, and he is, you know, he's a high priest. Mm-hmm. Chapters 8, he starts getting into, um, he, is, he is the mediator of a better covenant for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and he is the only mediator between us and God. Mm-hmm. And then when we get into chapters 9, he, he's drawing out, it's all through his blood that he sacrificed on that cross. Mm-hmm. You know, his life that he lived made him that perfect sacrifice. And we needed a perfect sacrifice. You know, we separated ourselves from God. That That is a... A, a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice had to be made. And that's always what has been the case throughout the Old Testament. But the blood of bulls and goats was never good enough. It just, it, it essentially just pushed back their sin a little bit further. Yeah, That's right. why every year they had to make, you know, the high priest had to go in once a year, not without blood, you know. And, well, then, and that's what we're saying. What we're saying is what Jesus went through is... The motivation for all of this. That's right. And I that's mean, what the Hebrews writer was bringing yeah, out. I mean, get, so you ever get filmed down about yourself, just go read about what Jesus went through for us. Yeah. You know, and, and, and here's another thing that I'll quickly point out. We've got seven minutes. Okay. <laughs> but Jesus, uh, we only know what we're told about what Jesus went through. Mm-hmm. We go from 12 years old to 30. Yep. What happened between there? He was working. Yep. Look at all the things that... That's... Uh, oh, we, we did the math, didn't we? It's like 15 or 20... 18 years. Yeah. 
Oh, from 12 to 30? Yeah, 18 years. Yeah, 18 years. Just think of all the things that happened 18 years, and he was still perfect, and he taught. He was working for the Lord that whole time. Yep. We don't know anything about what happened there, but we know... Hebrews 4.15, he was sinless. That's right, and we know that he... And we know what he went through, which is almost unbearable. None of us could handle it. Yeah. You know, what he went through and what we know. You yeah. Know? And, and there's a chunk of time there we don't even know anything about. We don't know what he went through. Yep. And so real quick, I actually kind of want to skip to the end. Because okay, go this for is, it. This is important, you know. But drawing out who Christ is and drawing out... That's important. He is deserving of our love. Yeah. You know, we change our lives because we love him. That's not right. because he commanded, but because we love him. Mm-hmm. That's how perfect love casts out fear. Yeah. You know, but here, let's skip to Revelation 2. One through five. Okay, I'm going to read one through four, and now I'm going to pause. But what I want to point out: the church at Ephesus was doing everything right. They only had one issue, and that was a heart problem. Okay. So, Revelation two one through four it says to the angel of the church of Ephesus, write these th- these things. Says he who holds the seven stars in her right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your work, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Mm-hmm. So... Here's here's something to point out here. This this congregation was doing everything right. They were studying, and I say they were studying because they, they were proving false apostles. The yeah. only way that you can prove someone to be a false apostle is testing them against the Word of God. So you have to be studying the Word of God in order to be able to test them against it. Right? So you have to... They were studying. They, they labored, and everything that they were doing was great work for the Lord. But it was all in vain because they have left their first love. And what that means is they did not have their heart yeah. whole they did not have wholehearted service towards the Lord. The last thing we want is for God to remove our lamp. That's right. And God was going to remove the lampstand from Ephesus and all he means by that is he's he's going to turn his back to him. But but what it was because of a heart problem. Yeah. They didn't love the Lord wholeheartedly. Another thing, too, is they were adding and taking away, apparently, from his plan. You know, uh, you could bring this back to what we talked about a few few episodes ago, where we talked about as soon as you take one procedure out or one rule That's out, right. it's no longer that procedure. Okay? If you're getting your knee operated on and they... And it's, it's a procedure that somebody came up with on how to, to replace your knee, you might say. Um, and you change something. Guess what? It no longer can bear the name of whoever came up with that procedure. Right. It's a whole nother deal. Yep. And so removing the lampstand makes a lot of sense. Because as soon as you take away something that... that uh, I'm trying to think. What, what am I, if you, as soon as you remove something, a commandment that God gave us... It's no longer a Christian. That's right. You're no longer a Christian. Your lamp 
your light will be removed. You're no longer doing it for Christ. No, it's not of Christ. That's right. Because you removed something or you added something. Yep. It's no longer that, and that's why the light goes out. Yep. It makes a lot of sense because as soon as you change something, guess what? It's not, you know, think about it this way. All right, I buy a Ford, okay? Sorry. Whatever. (laughs) And I I put a Hemi engine in it. Yeah. Guess what? It's not all a Ford anymore. That's right. Because that's a that's a that's a Chrysler product, mm-hmm. and I start changing a couple other things. The front still says Ford on it, but it's got some other transmission in it. It's got you know a different engine that's in it. Those right. are the biggest things. Yep. You replace that and put something else in it from another whatever. Guess what? It's not a Ford anymore. That's right. And, that's and a very good point. You'll get you'll get ridiculed when you go get your oil changed. You'll pull in and they'll be like, "What is this? You know, <laughs> yeah. this isn't a Ford." Yeah. You know, and so, uh, you know, that's an example with our religion. This is yep. what he's talking about here. Those folks changed something. Yeah. And it caused the light to go out because it's no longer of Christ. Yep. It's that simple. You know, and it, it goes back to. Worshiping God in spirit and in truth, John yeah. four twenty four. Yeah. So they they were not worshiping in spirit, which is their whole heart. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you know, they were no longer worshiping in truth either, because in order to to worship in spirit and in truth, you got to do everything according to His commandments, but also do it with your heart. That is a command to yeah. serve Him with your heart. And so, <clears throat> notice what they were commanded to do. In verse 5 of Revelation 2, he says, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So if they did not repent, and let's just say they continue to prove false apostles and, and prove to do continue to do this great work for the Lord, but they never turn their heart back towards the Lord... All of their labor would be in vain. Everything they did would be in vain. Yeah. They would still spend eternity separated from God in eternal damnation. Yep. Exactly. You know, but this is also what we kind of see when we when we try to make the Bible a list of do's and don'ts. Yeah, right. Right? Where if I'm just trying to to call you out for the, the sin that you're committing rather than trying to get to the heart problem, you know, maybe you're doing the thing that you're doing because you don't recognize the love that Christ deserves from yeah. you, you know, let's try to get there first. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what it's, that's why that's it's so what important. It's about. Yeah. That's why it's so important to get, to do, you know, you got to understand once you understand and grasp Christ's love, then it's all, all makes sense. That's right. That's why we do it. Yeah. And we have a hope of being in heaven with him one day. Yeah. You know, when we die. And when we, we that's that's the most important thing. And how, how blessed are we to have the word of God to, to show us yeah. how much... This happened 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. but his love for us has not changed. Yeah. And we get to read about it and, and get to understand his love for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's all through his precious word. Yep. Let's end with Psalm 119, okay. verse 30. Okay, go It says, ahead. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So, we are the simple-minded, and we get to understand God's wisdom through His Word. 
Let us always meditate upon his word, because in his word he unlocks all the mysteries that, that we need to know about him, about his love, and about how to serve him his way. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's what's beautiful about his word, and it never changes. No. And that's what's beautiful about it. Yeah. It's so it's perfect, it thing. never needs to change. It's the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. That's right. <laughs> Amen to that. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. The time just flies by. Man. And uh, But I, I enjoyed it. I know Dave did, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Um, we'll look forward to another study next week. Yes. So we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys.